Welcome to the Fit40 Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy to have another amazing guest for you today, and especially to kick off the new year, because this will be the first podcast episode of 2024. We got Jim Hallinan. He has pretty much every letter you can think of next to his name when it comes to education. But the big one is Masters in Exercise Science and Nutrition. So this guy knows his stuff. He's the co-host of the Other Side Podcast or the Other Side Lifestyle Podcast with Aram, who also is on here. Highly recommend checking that episode out too. And he's also been a high school phys ed teacher since 2001. So with all that knowledge and wisdom, I cannot wait to get into it and pick your brain a little bit. So welcome, Jim. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited. Love chatting it up. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get into all the fitness nutrition stuff, like I know there's a few hot topics I'd love to ask for your opinion on, but yeah. before that, I'd love to get into the topic of like basically just your experience with uh, high school kids, <laughs> because <laughs> I know that could be an episode in itself, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely changed over the years. Uh, you can see that difference since the cell phone stuff, and you feel old yeah. saying these cell phones. But there's a clear difference in the way that students are. There's a difference in the level of respect for teachers, just even in general, especially here in Jersey, since uh, we, we had something with Christy and the teachers and all this hate. And uh, yep. so the, the respect for that, I mean, when I was younger, I could go out, you meet a girl, I'm a teacher. Ooh, you are? Oh, wow. Now, I mean, I'm not going out telling people I'm a teacher and trying to pick up women, but it's, I would imagine, not maybe taken the same way as it was 20 some years ago. Like, oh, that's it, blah, blah, blah. But in the schools, it's, it's tough. It's tough sometimes, but I'm always kind of checking my attitude. It really does boil down to, I believe our attitude as a teacher, our approach. Um, yeah. I don't really let kids bother me. I never kick could curse me out. I'll be like, all right, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> like, I always had a world of respect for teachers because uh, the amount of crap with those kids that you have to deal with. I knew when I was a coach back at the gym I used to be at, I'm like, I will train the adults 24 seven, no issues. I can't stand more than two classes with the kids. Yeah, it's and, and that was something I was thinking about the other day where back in the day, <laughs> 20 years ago, if you called a kid out for doing something that they got caught doing, you just called them out for what they said or what they did or whatever it might be, they'd own up to it. And now yeah. like you could have a conversation with the kid. It's fine. You say one thing, calling them out about something they'll just turn around and walk away. Like they're done. They'll be angry. They do. They cannot handle being called out. And I will absolutely say wildly inappropriate things. Sometimes surprised I have not been fired uh, for the <laughs> things that I say to the students. Um, I will tell them, I will shame you in front of everybody. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're not, like, you'll have an athlete and I have a weight room unit and they, they're not doing what we're do it a warm-up so i know that they could do it and i will call them out and i'll shame them they'll get upset that i'm calling them out i'm like i will absolutely call you out in front of everybody if you're not doing what i know that you're actually capable of doing 
they'll point to someone. Yeah. What about that person? I'm not talking to them right now. I'm talking to you. Uh, so they, they definitely have a harder time, it seems, in general, handling being called out for the stuff that they do. It is interesting you say that because it definitely seems like there was some sort of separation with how, how the kids handle it nowadays. Because I know back then you'd kind of just dip your head and be like, all right, I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like you just kind of take it. And now it's like, get the parents involved. You got to like tell another teacher about it. And then they tell the principal and it's like a whole big thing. But oh, yeah. And it's in the administration, <laughs> they tend to back down more to parents and parents rule the show. And that's where you see this big shift. And these kids know that a teacher is not going to punch them in the face or choke them. Well, back yeah. in the 80s, <laughs> they were choking kids and slapping them and stuff like that. But so it yeah. has it has some benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 wild. It's wild that kind of stuff. I'm really trying to raise my son to not be like that. You know, yeah. talking yeah. about owning up, be a man in these situations in terms of owning up to what you did and not come up with excuses and blaming other people and it'll yep. be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah. And for anybody who doesn't follow Jim on uh, Instagram, which you definitely should after this episode, it will be in the show notes, but that kind of is your whole approach when it comes to the honesty factor and just the accountability factor, which I think a lot of people try to avoid mm -hmm. and you're what you put out there message wise is like a breath of fresh air. A lot of times where it's like, and I think people are kind of craving that at this point. Would you agree? I, yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. I, I definitely go back and forth with, really encouraging what I think might be an inspirational kind of take on something and then telling people how it is, you know, with yeah. stuff. Have, like, have, this you is all you. That, have you ever had that conversation mentally where it's like, am I being a dick? Like, I don't know. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm over it. I think I posted something the other day, maybe in my stories. I forget what it was, but something I said, I can't even imagine how much of an asshole I would be if whatever it was about. Like I acknowledge yeah that I'll be an asshole maybe with stuff if that's how it's taken or it's taken as, Hey, I'm being honest with stuff. I'm being transparent with who I am. I'm not apologizing for it anymore. You just, that's the joy and benefit of getting older. You just get to that point. You don't really care that much what somebody thinks if you know who you are and yeah. if you're doing things as respectfully as you can and, and, and all of that. But it's weird with Instagram, man. You'll, you'll, I'll post sometimes something where I'm like, this is corny. This is weird. And then it's something that blows up. It yeah. blows up in my small world of my small following. But uh, <laughs> then other things you're like, this will, this will kind of hit home and, and it doesn't. Uh, so it's, it's weird what people seem to connect with. That's why I would encourage anybody to just post what you're thinking. You never know who's yeah. going to connect with. It is interesting because you never really know what's popping off. And it's always the ones that you think are never gonna that do. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, I guess that resonated. Yeah, yeah. And I've gotten so far away from talking about nutrition. And yeah. I'm sure you see it with working with people because that's the least of the problem. They know about protein. They know about water. And every now and then you pepper those things in. I'll maybe put those, some of those things in my stories, but it's our mindset. And yeah. that's what we're struggling with, this mental battle through everything, through the stresses of life. Life is just so much busier, crazier, more expectations, more comparison to people. Than ever before, before you were comparing yourself maybe to celebrities and magazines. I don't know. But now yeah. it's people are putting, you know, whatever, their fantastic life up online. And <laughs> yeah. Well, I think when it comes to a celebrity, you could always kind of rationalize and be like, well, they're a celebrity. They got all the money in the world. They can do everything I can't. And now yeah. Instagram's like, well, even Mrs. Jones next door has like a, f a flat stomach and is the perfect mom. And it's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. 
I'm constantly telling people you have no idea what's really going on with yeah. anyone. And you cannot be jealous of one aspect of someone's life. If you're going to be jealous of someone, you have to be jealous of every aspect. So you want to be jealous of that person's body, you better be jealous of how they eat, how they train, how they move, whatever it might be. Maybe that person has a ton of anxiety, a ton of health issues, a ton of all that, but they have a flat stomach. Well, you better be jealous of all that too. You better be yep. jealous of the, the stress and the pressure and the insecurities that come with trying to maintain this physique that somebody has. Uh, you want to be, you're jealous of the person's million dollars. Well, be jealous of their 80-hour work weeks. But nobody yeah. is. You know, it yeah. looks like it's easy for these people. And I don't know if you ever noticed this or not. I, I, I've, I'll, I'll pay attention to people when I'm out eating. I've seen this so many times where there'll be a group of women, some in shape looking, some not in shape looking. And I say that because we don't know if somebody's in shape based on how they're looking. And you'll see maybe the leaner one eating more of a unhealthy meal potentially. And you'll see these women that are, maybe have some extra weight and they're eating a healthy meal. And my heart breaks for them because I know that they're leaving going, it's not fair. It's not fair yeah. that she gets to eat that burger and be so skinny. And I'm over here eating a salad, struggling with my weight. And they don't understand that that person, the rest of their day might be very structured. And when they go out to eat, that's a time that they go out and enjoy that burger where the other people might be eating donuts, bagels, and crap all day. And then when they go out and they're eating in front of people and they're feeling insecure, they eat the salad. Yeah. And it breaks my heart for them because they don't, and they're just running around. It's not fair. What's wrong with me? They don't know what that person's lifestyle is like. They don't know if they're committed to a gym routine. They, they just don't know. Yeah. And I think especially now, like when, as we're starting this new year up, like it's more prevalent than ever the comparison trap because mm -hmm. it's one of those big things that we can lose sight of the overall goal and kind of take these methods that don't really work or they work really short term. And I'd love to kind of get into the topic of what are some common mistakes that you find most people start off with so that that way people listening right now that are like, listen, I'm going to listen to this nutrition podcast. I want to learn a thing or two and get off on the right foot. Like what are some things that are common mistakes that you see? Somebody that's maybe trying to do like a New Year's resolution type thing or just getting started. Yeah. yeah, just getting started or a New Year's resolution. Changing everything. I think everybody knows you're changing everything. I talk a lot on my page. It's maybe been a while since I talked about the way our brains work and the neural pathways that are laid down. You got a train that's running 100 miles an hour down a train track. It, it's not going to make a 180. It's going to take a long distance to actually turn that train around and make a 180. And we try turning it around too quick. Train falls off the tracks. I can't do this. I'm a failure. And then you just continue to reinforce that thought that you're a failure. And it's because you tried to do too much. What's it? I, I said something before about balance. Everybody's like, you got to find balance. Well, walking on a tightrope is very difficult. To have balance on a tightrope is very difficult, and there's a lot of practice involved. You're not going on the freaking Grand Canyon, going across the tightrope for the first time without a yep. safety net. You are training to get to that balance. And sometimes things might be extreme feeling at first. Sometimes they're not. People have to take a real good evaluation of what they genuinely can handle. Pick a couple things. You don't have to change your entire nutrition around and cut out everything and have some five day a week workout program. You haven't walked into a gym, just show up and walk on a treadmill. It's not too little. 
because walking through the door is by far the hardest part. You walk in that door, you get on the treadmill and you look around. How's that person using that piece of equipment? How's that person using that piece of equipment? And you just walk and look around. You create the habit of showing up. Even on the days that you don't, all you got to do is walk. Just show up and walk. And you're just studying the gym, looking around. You're starting to say hi to the front desk person. They're starting to say hi to you. Hey, haven't seen you in the past few days. How you been? And then all of a sudden you start feeling maybe this little community. But that by far, I think, is the biggest mistake. You see people do things like 75 hard. And I get the accountability of it. I get all the things that somebody can learn from it. But as soon as that last day ends, one, it's too easy to fail really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're like, I'm a failure. But then if you, if you did make it, now all that stuff goes out the window. I'm finally yeah. done. I get to do all these, all the things that I've been missing and go back to it. So start slow, pick the one thing. Maybe it's less dining out. Maybe it's the meal prep. Maybe it's the walking outside. Maybe it's walking into a treadmill um, and create accountability. If you've never lifted before and you're realizing because you listen to this podcast, you realize that lifting is important. Uh, if you follow us, you realize that lifting is important. Get a trainer if you've never lifted before. Get somebody to teach you how to lift. They're professionals for a reason. 100%. Right. I could keep right, going on very, about different examples, but I'm going to yeah. stop. <laughs> and at, at like the bare minimum, at least like look it up on YouTube, because I think a lot of people go back to these things that they did in high school, like mm -hmm. the things that they did with their sports teams or whatever, or like when their buddy brought them to the gym the one time and they're like, I think I know what to do. And they end up doing yeah. 10 of the same exercise. Yeah. Yeah. You'll definitely see guys doing that stuff. Yeah. You know, or women, they get targeted with the group high intensity interval training type, type yep. thing. You know, if you get to the, use the machines, the machines are great. And I've changed my way, my approach and my thoughts on different things over time. As you get older, building and maintaining muscle is so vital. You don't need to do an overhead squat. These things are cool. There's a lot of functional fitness and training out there. But if you've never lifted, you need to start lifting. You need to uh, increase the strength of your bones. You need the immune system benefits of muscle. <laughs> we knew that even through COVID, the benefit of people who had a certain amount of muscle and their resiliency with it. So build muscle, get on machines. You can't really mess up a machine. Yeah. I love that machines are kind of coming back in vogue. Like it, for a long time, the functional crowd was poo-pooing it. And now we finally have research saying, hey, it's kind of similar as far mm -hmm. as muscle and bone growth. But like, for example, I know Planet Fitness, like, gets shit on left and right. But when I was in there last time, they have, like, a whole circuit of machines. And they're, mm -hmm. like, do however many rounds. And I'm, like, this is a great starting point. This is yeah. a really good thing for a lot of people. So if, they got if good nothing else. Yeah, they do. And they keep it up. Like, they actually take care of their equipment. Yeah. Like, a lot of other places just for some reason don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about this, too, the other, the other day about these $10 gym memberships. <laughs> Like, stick it to the man. Th th these gyms have $10 memberships because they don't want you to go, and they want you to keep your membership. Nobody's canceling the $10 gym membership because that gym membership is giving you hope that you will go back one day. Like, all right, I still got it. I'll start going. I'm going to start going. I'm going to start going. Years go by, and they just got your $10 a month. Uh, yep. So if you're not going – Figure out some kind of accountability. Maybe it is paying for the trainer because you're actually spending more money. Maybe it is paying a higher ticket item for a more expensive gym if that gets you to go. But that $10, I have a $10 gym membership. 
I haven't gone to in years. I used to go in the winter because my garage gym was freezing. Now it's temperature controlled. Uh, But now my new coach, I got to go once a week to a to a gym. And it's intimidating. I'm like an in shape guide. I'm super intimidated walking in there for the first time. Right. But there's a few pieces of equipment I got to do. And so I go there and do it. And it's been nice. It's been nice stepping out of my comfort zone and going. But I never canceled that membership. I've had this this garage temperature controlled for two years, and I still kept that ten dollar a year member or a month membership. Yeah, and I like that concept of doubling down. It's like you don't have to go crazy on the gym membership, but you got to do something to show you're invested. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, that means getting a coach, and there's a yeah. lot of good ones out there that are affordable. Yeah. And I like the concept of like the whole gym intimidation, like. Even us who have been in this game for long enough where you think, oh, these guys would just walk into any gym and feel like they own the place. No. Yeah. You When you're a new person in the gym, you're just like day one all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't get it. They're like, yeah, right. Like, no, this is, I don't know any of these people in here. Yeah. You know, are they going to look at me and think I'm stronger than I am? We think the same kind of thoughts. Of course, yeah. and I, I, I'm at that point just being a little bit older. One of the machines I'm using is the adductor where I'm squeezing my thighs together. I teach in the town that I live in where this gym is, a bunch of students there. And uh, I'm like, I don't really care what they think. I'm like, yeah, man, the old heads know we got to use these adductors. It's a big part of your thigh development. For anybody who doesn't know, it's the one where you like bring, the, bring your knees together. And yeah. there's a key form tip here. Whenever you're doing that, you need to lock eyes with somebody across the mm. gym and don't blink. Just yes. stare. The and then pulsate. Time. Like, don't even do full range of motion. Just yep. uh, in a And in a. bonus like just, points if you bite your lip. Oh, uh, that's good. That's yeah. good. And cro- maybe just go cross-eyed while you're staring at the person. Really. <laughs> I like that. Really freak them out. <laughs> Make sure the person's to your side so that your head's sideways the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they call being alpha. That's alpha. That's, that's alpha. That's being alpha. It's funny because <laughs> both times I've done it, it was another older guy that was using the the abductor next to me, like waiting for me to be done. It's either old guys or women using the abductor and adductor. The young guys are like, nah, not doing that. Yeah, no. Nah. It's been nice to even go and like some of these kids will ask questions. Um, but getting out of my comfort zone, there's going to be benefits of it. And then you, you create a new comfort zone. You know, yeah. that's the benefit of it. If somebody can just, if somebody's listened to this and they just, there's this one thing that they're a little uncomfortable with by doing it and showing up to it, you create a new comfort zone. And now mm-hmm. this isn't a big deal. And now it's like, cool, let me find something else that makes me uncomfortable. Like sitting at a Starbucks and not looking at your phone or reading a book and just looking like a psychopath. Do little things that make you uncomfortable and then yeah. you get used to it. I was at the dentist today with my son. We and him were the only two sitting there, not on a phone. Every parent and every kid was sitting in the waiting room on their phone. And me and him were just looking around. He's like, I'm so glad you didn't. This is what my 11 year old son said. He goes, They all look like they're dying as they <laughs> look at their phone. And he makes the face that they all make with like their mouth open, like, uh, like a zombie. My 11 year old looks around and sees this. So hey, stop kids staring are, at your phone. Kids when you're are in the smart. Room. Kids are I so know. smart. I know. <laughs> but so, yeah, it is, man. It is kind of cool that like he's getting to grow up in that way because I know I was probably the last generation that didn't get a phone until they were in puberty. <laughs> so it I feels didn't like get mine till college. I was I like, know. I think I was 21. All my friends had a phone in college. Like right when we got there, I didn't want one. I didn't want people to be able to get in touch with me. If I didn't invite you to go somewhere, 
I didn't want you to be able to find me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was the last one to get it. But see, I, I yeah. think the only real benefit is the dating game, because then you can mm. just be like, put your number in here instead of on a napkin or something or trying to remember it like you're Will Smith in uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Even that, man, like the, the young men today don't understand that you have to learn how to talk to women. I, I, when I was 21 going out for the first time, I had that attitude. Like I have to learn. I'd go, I'd approach someone, ask a question or two. I didn't know what else to ask. They'd ask a question back. I'm like, all right, question in the bank. If a woman's asking me this, then this is a good, good question to ask her. And it took time to learn how to do that. And the, just listening to these 18 year olds talking like turns my stomach. And then yep. I'm just, they have to learn how to do this and they're not gonna be able to, they're gonna be swiping in this incel culture of like, these men think that women just owe them something because whatever, what are you, what are you providing that they should even want anything yeah. about you? So it's ladies wild. listening, <laughs> young men and women, some standards. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm I always tell people to share this podcast, but if you want to bring your sons over and just listen to that little snippet right there, <laughs> go right ahead. And then you yeah. can follow it up with some learning material. I highly recommend 40 year old virgin when they're in the, in the bookstore and he's just asking questions, not actually saying anything. That is That's prime right. education right there. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> that was a great scene. Just ask questions. <laughs> Don't he was give like, her anything. Just ask yeah, questions. She's like, ooh, you're mysterious. <laughs> she was like, he's like, she's like, so what do you do? What do you do? Oh. <laughs> ooh. But yeah. Such a young men movie. and women need some, some higher standards of how they treat people and then what they'll ex expect and accept. But. 100%. That starts with taking care of yourself. <laughs> exactly. It comes full circle. It all comes full circle, especially when we're talking about like generational health, because that seems to yeah. be a really big topic now that everybody's starting to see like, hey, I like there's always those people that are like, I my genetics suck. My whole family has been out of shape, has been unhealthy. And now they're starting to realize they have the power to change that. Yeah, I think that was so, probably one of my first posts. Mm -hmm. like early early on in opening instagram a handful of years ago is it's not your genetics it's your generational habits yeah yeah and people don't want to accept that no eh. type, type 2 diabetes runs in my family no it's not type 2 diabetes is a chronic self-induced diabetes it doesn't run in your family genetically it's yeah. the habits it, that create it that run in your family and it's probably not wrong to assume 200 years ago it didn't run in your family it didn't exist. When I was a kid, it was adult onset diabetes. They changed the name to type two diabetes because kids started getting it. It was adult onset diabetes. People don't even know that nowadays. Yeah. And it, it honestly, it's like, because we have created an environment where it's so, so easy to fall into that category. And I know when it comes to changing environment, that's like one of the big things I've seen you post on too. Yes. Like how would you recommend somebody like set themselves up for success? Cause I know that there's a lot of people that kind of feel almost powerless because they're surrounded yeah. by this stuff. Yeah. Well, one, I want to say if you grew up in a home where food was an issue, whether the two things that I tend to hear about or see parents either showed love by giving food, this is their way. Come on, eat, finish your plate, eat more. Oh, good job at the game today. Let's go out for ice cream. They're showing their love to their kid by giving them food, giving them desserts, saying yes to everything. And then the flip side, so then that creates an issue for, for you now as an adult 
if you were raised that way. Um, the flip side is somebody might have had a parent that was saying to them, I think you've had enough. Excuse me. I just had a little burpee. Um, <laughs> I think you've had enough maybe if they were a little overweight as a 12-year-old. And they're like, I think you've had enough. But they're not saying that to the skinny brother or something like that. And that plays a major um, game in, in people's heads. So now it's like, as an adult, nobody's going to tell me I had enough. And there's all these food issues and they're trying to deprive themselves because maybe they feel bad eating it because their parents said it to them. And then they give into it because screw that, whatever. So knowing if you fall into any of those categories where it's from your childhood that you've had some of these food issues, whether it was access to food or the way that things were given to you, understand that this created issues for you as an adult. Are you repeating those behaviors with your kid? So if you're showing love to your kid the same way that you were, but now you have eating issues, I'm not going to say disordered eating or eating disorder, uh, but if you have food issues and body image issues, you're passing that on if you're doing the same stuff. And it's easy to pass that stuff on without realizing it. So that's yeah. number one is figure out where you might fall in there. When it comes to you personally or the kids and all that, changing the immediate environment in the house is huge. A couple of years ago, I had posted some of these things. I should probably like just start posting again. Um, I posted, <laughs> we have these vegetable and fruit drawers in the fridge. I do not put vegetables and fruits in those drawers. I put condiments in those drawers. The fruits and the vegetables go to die. They're the cemetery drawers of your refrigerator. You do not see them. We want to have the foods that we want to eat at eye level. So I took all the condiments or just like eat more easily visible, took the condiments, put them in those drawers, put all the fruits, veggies, potatoes, things like that in the door. So we open it. That's what we see. Move things around on the shelves, put things higher that you want to be eating. Maybe not that that's your preference, but you're realizing I need to eat more of this. Put those things at eye level. Get rid of juice for your kid is not some, it's not multivitamins. Orange juice is sugar water at the end of the day. You're not getting the fiber. Yes, you're getting vitamin C, blah, blah, blah. Sure, all that. You could take vitamin C. There's other ways to get it. There's actually more vitamin C per ounce in strawberries than there is in oranges. So go eat some strawberries. But and those things fiber. get- yeah, And more fiber. Yeah, so the, the, uh, the visibility of things is huge. The pantry, what's in the pantry? If there's a lot of easily accessible snacks, those are the things that you're gonna go to. So I try to encourage people, especially if it's a all or nothing mindset with a certain snack, to not have that stuff in the house at all. If you know that you can't control yourself with it, you want some chips, go out and get the chips. You want some ice cream, make it an event, go out and get some ice cream. But it costs so much. Well, it's gonna cost you more in a lot of different ways if you always have ice cream available and you're eating it all. Um, you make it a little bit more difficult to get those things. So in terms and the of immediate- cost so much, I mean, that's a barrier right there. It's a productive barrier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll save you money. At the end of the day, when people go grocery shopping, they suck down a half a gallon of ice cream and then they're buying another one every time they go grocery shopping. It's probably costing them more in the, at the end of the year. I don't see many people like every week going to get ice cream and spending $20 yeah. for a thing at an ice cream place. Well, those DQ lines are a lot shorter nowadays. <laughs> Used to be nice around the block. Yeah, it's the one nice thing about some of these things getting expensive. I mean, pizza, we used to get pizza every week, $20 for a pizza. Yeah. Like every place charged a three, $5 delivery fee. I mean, you get 20 pizza and 10 wings, it's like $40. And if you're an unfortunate bastard like me that's uh, gluten-free, crank that up by another five, 10 bucks. 
it's ridiculous. It's crazy how much that stuff's costing. And then people say eating healthy is expensive. It's yeah. not more expensive. There's been endless studies and things to show that it's not more expensive. You tend to eat, you're eating more the correct portions. It fills you up more, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're, it's whatever. that initial investment. It's a different yeah. mindset around it because you're going to spend more in the moment, but way less in the long term. Yeah. And I love the phrase, say no once in the grocery store or say no every day at home. So if these things you cannot love control that. yourself around, don't bring it in the house. The immediate environment is so important. And if your kids are just coming in, they're grabbing snacks and all that kind of stuff, what message are you sending them? What issues are they going to have later in life? I have experience with my son with cutting things out. He, was, he ate very well as a young child. And then it got to the point where... All right, he's growing. He wants, you know, let's get some quick stuff. We got the frozen waffles, the frozen pancakes, and they're good and easy to put together. And that's what he wanted. I'm like, we got to start eating more eggs again because he liked eggs. But he didn't want to eat the eggs because the waffles were an option. So we just stopped buying them. And now it's, where are the waffles? We don't have any waffles. We're out of waffles. Do you want some eggs? Like, if there's nothing else, they will eat it. Yeah, it's like, sorry, there's a waffle shortage. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And then you just get to, yeah, I'm not getting waffles anymore. Like, you know, and then when it comes to the conversation of food with the kid uh, from with me and my son, because he's not some lean, shredded little 11 year old kid, you know, he sees he's got this body fat stuff that's going on and we don't eat feed, feed him perfect by any means at all. When I'm talking about food with him, it's about the health, immune system and strength. When I say, hey, we got to eat this stuff, this protein, we got to, you know, really be able to build muscle when you, when you do start lifting and we want to stay healthy and all that. So you can still have those snacks. They're not bad. They're okay. But we don't have too much of that for the health reasons. I always am trying to go back to those things. I'm not, I don't think it's great when parents are on a diet, January 1st, we're on a diet where I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good, which is sending the message to your kid that anything that they eat is bad. Um, I would just change the language with around food with the kid from that se from that sense of we're trying to focus on health. We want to not be sick like all your friends are or something like that. Um, yep. Cause it's clear as day, especially this time of year, everybody is getting sick. They're eating garbage. They're sitting inside. They're not working out. There's a clear difference. I couldn't honestly tell you the last time I was legit sick where I was knocked out for days on end. You know, Same. I've had like a 24 hour thing. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I can't remember since COVID. I really can't. Like, yeah. Because when you take care of your body with especially nutrition and sleep, it's like a magic pill. Yeah. And it's funny when people, I, I feel like when I've posted about that, people, they're dying for you to get sick. And I'm like, I'm not saying you're <laughs> never going to get sick. Yeah. And I'm not saying that getting sick is bad or a sign that you don't take care of yourself. Yeah. I've, gotten sick but it's not been like these kind like the other people in my life are experiencing i got COVID. i had a fever for an hour um next day i could have got up and went to work but because yeah i'm not vaccinated i wasn't allowed so i got a free week's vacation my son same <laughs> thing he had a fever that night woke up the next day was okay i'm not saying it's all because of that some people who were in great shape had it really bad everybody responded different to it yeah um some but people seemed... just did not hit the genetic lottery as far as immune systems. And we're not talking yeah. about like major sicknesses. It's those little like day or two sniffles where you're like, I just feel like garbage for no yeah. reason. And then you're fine. That stuff yeah. kind of just gets eliminated usually. Yeah. Yeah. When I get something kind of rough, it's still fairly quick for the most part. Yeah. Um, 
not dragging on for weeks on end and tons of tons of symptoms. But um, yeah, so I would change the language of that, change the ease of access to things in the house, change literally where things are in your fridge or cabinets. Um, you know, put the healthier things more towards the front, maybe the more unhealthy things towards the back. Uh, that when I think of environment, I think of those things. And then you can go deep into the people in your life. I, I feel like a lot of people struggle with saying no to events or parties. I have so many clients. I'm like, good for you. You got a lot of friends. I don't get invited to Jack squat anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like every weekend you got events going on, but if you're, fr- I mean, I had a client once she told me one of her friends were like, you're not fun anymore. Cause she wasn't like drinking. I'm like, fuck her. Sorry if you're not cursing on the show, but like, that's bull. It's like, fucking fine. Really? Fuck that. <laughs> I'm like, like, is that, and it's like this person who's a really good close friend of hers. And I'm, I just don't support that or respect that, or, you know, that you got to really consider. And when you do make these slow changes, I mentioned something about this. When you make these slow changes over time, you don't even realize. Cause I, I posted the other day, a client of mine who feels like she's in this rough spot. And she's like, I don't know why I can't really lock in my nutrition. And we have our check-in call. That was like the pre-check-in call questions. And, but she pointed out how her steps average this December is over 10,000. Last year, it was like 6,000. So she didn't even realize how amazing she was doing. Like she's down a bunch of weight. She's got these great habits that are part of her life. But when she looked back at the data, she realized, oh my God, I was only doing like 6,000 steps. I'm doing over 10,000, but I can't really figure out why I'm not locking in my nutrition this time of year. And then we start talking about it. She got divorced in the past year. It's her first Christmas dealing with that. She had to go to a Christmas party where the ex was there with the new girlfriend. I'm like, you got a ton of stress. Work is crazy for her right now. Um, like, these and are the all fact reasons. that she could still get that much activity, like that's a yeah. huge win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's she has a full-time job and an additional job working with uh, with high school kids. And this is like a heavy season for that. So crazy, Jeez. crazy schedule. But she's just prioritized that. Hey, if you can't get to the gym, let's focus on this stuff. And uh, it's she didn't even realize when you're doing it the right way, like what we started talking about at the beginning, going, doing things slow, you just don't even realize. And sometimes friends just fade away. You know, you say no a handful of times. Maybe they stop inviting. You can feel sad about it, but they fade away if they're not people who are supporting you. I got a friend who earlier this year, back in January, overdosed, um, almost died in his car after work. He's clean now. He's sober. It's going on a year. He's lost over 100 pounds. He's cleaned his stuff up. And we were just talking the other day. He's coming over to my house every day, 5 a.m. to to work out. And he's like, I miss my friends, his drug friends. He misses them. And he's like, it's hard. You know, I miss miss them as people, uh, but he knows they weren't good for him. Yeah. You know, so if these friends, even though they're nice people, good people, and get you Christmas presents, bottles of vodka for your birthday, yeah. they're not supporting you. I don't know. Yeah. And that, I think Change that's a good topic to bring up because I know, like, especially like for myself, like, I still, like, being 30, like, some, I'm in that age group where some guys still think they're in college and there's always a few in the group. And you kind of have to almost master, like, do you want to cut them off completely or do you want to, like, make a conscious effort to limit your time with them yeah because you can have those friends in your life depending on the type of friend they are but you got to be conscious of like how often am i hanging out with them and what's this resulting in yeah yeah absolutely and i think that what you just said is right on how people left i think for the most part it usually is a fading away like do you really want to have to cut you're probably going to sound like a douchebag be like listen man it's been nice knowing you but i'm moving i'm growing 
and you're holding me back. You know, <laughs> yeah, make it a you're, grand you're, gesture. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think I wanted to get together to talk to you about how I'm breaking up with you after our 20 year <laughs> friendship. Um, unless you're ready to grow with me, I'm ready to bring you up alongside of me. So, yeah, generally just kind of fade away. You get together every now and then. But if you could handle hanging out and it's not messing you up, that's fine. Yeah. But if yeah. these people and are you, tortured, not drinking, hanging out, yeah, why are you hanging out with them? Exactly. That's one thing I never could wrap my head around is like, it comes, I really think it comes down to coping and rewarding strategies too. Like most people when they're, they get a free moment or they get that night where they're like, all right, like I could do what I want. It's automatically let's hit a bar or yeah. let's go eat something ridiculously like bad for us or not bad, but just something that's super calorie dense. And yeah. it's like, I think a lot of people struggle with that too, where they're like, what do I do with myself when I'm supposed to celebrate or be good? Yeah. Yeah. It could be weird. Like what if you were a recovered alcoholic and you were sober, what would you be doing? Like, would you go out bowling? with people uh, there's always bars of bowling alleys i think too but yeah. uh, to do those activities like go in the top golf you can go to top golf and do some golfing without it turning into a booze fest like it's an activity yeah. that you're out doing you could you know hey dude i'm thinking about getting the rock climbing like i'd love if you join me it's a rock climbing pickleball is huge right now like these are activities that people could potentially do together uh, but it can feel weird maybe inviting them yeah but I feel like everybody's almost waiting. Like, I wish I had, I wish, how many people are out there listening going, I wish I had more active friends. <laughs> I wish I had more. Yeah. None of my friends do this stuff. Like, I really want to, but I don't have any more active. Are you asking them to do anything active? Maybe they're all thinking the same thing. Hey, yep. let's start a Saturday morning, walk through the park, get outside through the woods um, and do something. There's a, a bunch of women near me who first Friday, they do a cold plunge. And they invite people and uh, it's awesome. They've gone from like one tub to now they have like six or seven tubs and it's like part of their yoga studio. And it's this, it's That's creating cool. this community. Uh, so be the one who asks the friends. There's no doubt it's going to spread. If you're actually committed to it, there's no doubt it's going to spread to the people around you. Like, what have you been doing? I've just been walking every day and like trying to make more meals at home. Really? Like, if, what if you actually stuck to it? How many times did you start and then quit? And then the friend, you can feel that judgment. Like, gosh, this is another one of those where she's going to quit. She's on her fix again. What if you didn't quit? All of a sudden, your friend two, three months later is like, you're still doing the walks. Yeah, I haven't missed a walk yet. Really? You want to join me? Yeah. Like, what if this time you didn't quit? Yeah, it's insane it's, how that would spread to your family and friends. Absolutely. It's insane. wild how when you get committed, they start respecting it a lot more because yeah. it's like when you say, yeah, I'm not going to drink tonight. And then you get one sip and I am speaking a hundred percent from experience because I definitely <laughs> struggle with not taking that first sip and getting sucked in. Yeah. But like when you are committed and you're like, yeah, I'm good. Then they're just like, wow. All right. Yeah. And even those things too, people I think need to practice. How, I, these are conversations I have with my clients. Like, how are you going to deliver the information that you're not drinking? This is what most people say. I'm trying to be good. I'm not drinking for this month. I'm trying to be good. You're inviting your friends to pressure you. Yeah, I'm trying to be good. That's leaving the door open. Yeah. I, nobody believes me. I'm covered in tattoos. I curse and whatever. I did not drink until I was 21. All through high school and college, didn't drink. Freshman year of college hanging out with dudes in the room, like, yo, here, you want a beer? I'm like, no, nah, I don't drink. 
Nobody questioned it. I said, no, nah, I don't drink. Okay. If I was like, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. What do you think they're going to say? Come on, come on. Come nah, on. I don't drink. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the, uh, the, the, at a certain point, a little bit later, one dude's like, yeah, we're going to go out and smoke. Uh, you want to smoke? Smoke weed. And I go, no, nah, I don't smoke. He was like, what? <laughs> like, nah, it's smoke. He was like, dude, I can typically pick out the stoners. And I thought I nailed you as a stoner. I was like, I'm like, that's why you gave me no attitude or anything for the drinking. But then I was like, no, nah, I don't smoke. He's like, all right, cool. And they went out and smoked. I just hung out. It was no big deal. It wasn't, I wasn't debating or questioning anything. So deliver it. Like, no, I'm not drinking. Like you said, no, I'm not drinking. How are you delivering the information? If you were really sick one night, like just or like came like super hungover, you were sick the day before, you had an unsettled stomach and people were out drinking, you'd be like, I'm not really feeling that great. I'm not drinking tonight. Nobody's going to ride you about it. Lie. Lie to them and say you're not really feeling that great. My stomach's a little unsettled. I'm not drinking tonight. But the way you deliver the information absolutely will matter with the way that your friends respond and how easy it will be for you to do it or not. 100%. Because like you said, like as long as that opportunity isn't there then it's that much more likely it's not going to happen yeah yeah Yeah. practice (laughs) and i think another thing too people got to get good at is also being comfortable with being the sober one in the room because it it can be annoying like when you know you're not on the same wavelength as everybody and they're just getting annoying and you're like i don't want to be a dick but i don't kind i really don't want to be here right now yeah You'll probably end up leaving a little bit earlier. Yeah. You'll get better I sleep. Love, <laughs> I love, cause I got to, every now and then there's a group of like parents around here. We hang out. Um, my son's friends with their, with their kids and stuff. And the amount of times where we've hung out and they're just annihilated and I'm not, I'm just not big on drinking anymore in, in terms of how I feel the next day. I love alcohol. I love the process. I love the party that comes with it. I love everything about it in that sense. Hate how I feel the next day. I love Amen. leaving early or yeah, I love leaving either early or sober and, uh, and then posting the next day. Cause I know they all follow me. Nothing better than waking up early on a Saturday, <laughs> feeling good, getting a workout in. And I know they're hurting and I yeah, know that you, oh, you know, they're flipping you the bird right through the screen. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Because it's even if, if you're insecure about not drinking and leaving early and you're insecure about it because you think they're going to be talking shit on you, get up early and shoot them a text. Hey, just wanted to see how the rest of the night was. Like early, like seven. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm out for a walk. Just wanted to see how, how the rest of the night was. I had a oh, really yeah. good time. <laughs> you on, ain't getting laid on thick. <laughs> 1030. And you're just concerned. You just wanted to find out what you missed out on because you were having a good time. You know? Yep. Um, and they're, they're going to regret it so much. Yep. They're going to be like, maybe I, maybe I should have taken their lead with it. Yep. Hey, treat yourself for treating yourself the night before by not <laughs> doing something. Like go to Starbucks, get a crazy nice drink, go to the gym, go to the spa or something and be like, I had an amazing morning. How about yeah. you? Yeah. And it's like, and the same thing when it's this slow change and this slow stuff, you, you'd start to not care about what somebody is thinking. Like, I just don't care if somebody's like, oh, there he is, not eating all the cake and not drinking, Mr. F- Mr. Nutrition Guy. Like, okay, whatever. Like, I just yep. don't care. At the beginning, you feel a little bit more weird. Um, I, I, yeah, I had a client who she, she hasn't drank in, I think it's like two years. And uh, 
and she said she talked through that whole process now it's so easy for her it's just her identity now i don't drink and so it's not a big deal she's not insecure about it nobody gives her attitude about it she's not wondering if people are talking about her it's not a big deal so deal with the discomfort <laughs> just like walking into a gym deal with the discomfort of that those evenings uh, if this is something that you're trying to do deal with that discomfort because that discomfort will become a new comfort that's just how 100%. it works it's how our brains work yeah. And as we're talking about this, I totally uh, just remembered something that I heard a while back. Like um, there's a guy for anybody who doesn't know, Dave Tate, he's the owner of Elite FTS and he got ready for a bodybuilding show. And he said, he's like, the hardest thing I ever had to do was learn how to be bored on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. That's the same thing. Uh, Michael Chernow uh, from Cra yeah. Creatures of Habit. Um, he was probably up at Strong New York. Uh, yeah, he he was uh, emceeing it. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was something involved with uh, with doing it. So yeah, he was MC. But he he talked about that. He goes when he when he became sober, his biggest fear was how bored he would be, and he was for a period of time. And now he's like, that's the last thing that I am. Like I'm comfortable being present in the moment, and I'm living my life more now than I was before uh, I got sober. So. The amount of times I've even said to my son, it's okay to be bored and it's good to be bored and it's healthy to be bored. Like, I'm bored. I'm like, good. That's when we get creative. That's when we figure some stuff out. That's when we maybe try to stop escaping what we're thinking about in our brain. I mean, at the end of the day, most people who are drinking, they're escaping something. Yeah. Um, if they're drinking on a regular basis or weekly basis, it's like they're escaping their feelings. And the same thing that people are struggling with their food, they're escaping their feelings. They're using, they're eating emotionally and it's normal. And if people don't know this, when your stress is high and your cortisol is high and you eat a lot of carbohydrates and <laughs> processed foods, it releases this insulin, which shuts off cortisol and it makes you feel better. And that's why it's called comfort food. So it literally does comfort you from even a hormone standpoint. So it's not you being weak. It's you ha having habits that are serving a need. And that's what I think is important. Like this habit does serve a need you are stressed out, you're upset, uh, whatever it might be, and this food is meeting a need. The same thing that drugs do for somebody, it's meeting a need, helping them get, at, get away from their feelings. Um, so once we can kind of understand that and go, all right, so what are some feelings that I'm dealing with? And what's coming up when I am bored and when I am sober and resolve those or attempt to, then we can start to maybe separate a little bit uh, our decisions around food and, and movement and alcohol and uh and our emotions because the worst thing we can do is make a lot of decisions based on emotions oh, yeah. buy that car? yeah it seems cool wow, i shouldn't have bought it yeah yeah so yeah. but back yeah. to your back to your point about that i know like at least with myself and having conversations with others i think a lot of it especially with the booze it ties back to not really liking yourself like not liking who you are in general and how you come off yeah. to people and when you cut that out and remove that as like a crutch or like the, the I guess, like um, b baby wheels or whatever, like when you remove that and actually have to work on yourself, it's uncomfortable. But yeah. I mean, that's the way that you do it. Yeah. I'd say that's why they maybe think, I'll re reveal a drug story. <laughs> when I was in my early 20s and learning how to talk to women, I remember uh, doing ecstasy for the first time, modern day Molly. <laughs> ah, the good stuff. Hadn't, 
No fear. I'm at a Dave Matthews concert, I believe. And uh, no fear talking to anybody. No fear. No problem. The next day, I'm like, they weren't talking to me back. They weren't talking back to me and hanging out with a stranger because I was on ecstasy. They were hanging out with me because I was me. They didn't know if, if I was doing anything or not. And it really just dawned on me that I don't need these things. I just need to do those actions, you know, without the drug. I could just go up and talk to her. I did it, no problem. I didn't feel stupid afterwards because I was under the influence. I'm not judging myself before, after, during, or anything like that. And it kind of opened my eyes to do whatever the hell you want. Go talk to people, be weird, be goofy. Like you don't need those things to do it. It's being comfortable, like you just said, with who you are and being confident with who you are. Um, but you're not going to get the confidence until you start doing the things. That's yeah. the hard part. And you got to practice. It's, it's usually never as bad as you think it is because no. I know at least like when it came to these events that we go to all the time, I was nervous as hell, like just striking up conversation with anybody. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm putting on a face and I'm going to be this different version of myself where I'm just Mr. Social. And then yeah. you realize you're like talking to people is awesome. And if they are like, what you fear they're going to be. They're just dicks. It's probably better you talk to them and figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, it's, it's a hundred percent. Those, those are totally frightening situations going to, uh, to those conferences and everybody thinks everybody else is like a big deal and they're not. It's yep. like, you just go, nobody, kn nobody knows who I am. They don't know if I'm a big deal or not. They don't know if I have some seven figure business or not. They have no idea. Yeah. Uh, and you just when yeah, I was, you put yourself out there. When I was at Raise the Bar, I'm pretty sure the only people that had people that actually knew who they were were Andrew Coates and Mike Dola. And everybody <laughs> else was just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Even the yeah. people on stage are like, oh, this is cool. They, they're really smart, but I have no idea who they are. Yeah, yeah. And all the people in the audience were all just, yeah, everybody's there probably thinking the same thing, feeling the same way. Some are just more jacked so they can pre pre present a uh an there, air there, of confidence <laughs> there's always somebody in the crowd with some sort of like a stringer tea oh yeah and a fanny pack oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with either one of those no but combined no. i'm gonna say yes there is but it's hyper alpha to do the high strap fanny that goes across <laughs> your shoulder the euro strap is, is it <laughs> i don't know I, apparently I, I i did not know that now, apparently, I've been asserting my dominance on the Ocean City, New Jersey boardwalk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me and my son, like, ride to the boardwalk, got these one wheels, whatever. Got this giant, like, fanny pack type thing from something, from one of these one wheel companies. I forget what it came with. It came with something. And uh, I'm like, oh, this holds a lot of stuff. I'm not going to wear it around my waist. It's too big and i feel weird wearing a fanny pack around my waist and i would wear it around my chest i think i put it on my back though does that make me less alpha if the bag parts on my back i don't know that might lose you a point or two it might good good i, I want to be less alpha i don't want to be too alpha <laughs> you've created a whole new insecurity for me <laughs> i think i'm just pushing my own on you i see these videos i see these videos on instagram i'm like that is the most bitchy thing i've ever seen that is not alpha Ah. Uh, this, it, it, tell me, tell me then about this. When if I took a hoodie off, say you took a hoodie off, but you didn't want to hold it in your hand, how would you wear it? Uh, I'd probably do the waist, like the wrap around. All right, so I'm a, I'm a either super alpha douchebag. I feel weird. I 
pull it over my shoulder on one shoulder, under the armpit on the other, and I tie a knot. Oh, so you got like the the satchel going. I got the fanny pack thing that you were just referring to over the shoulder, but a hoodie. <laughs> I okay. pull one sleeve over my one shoulder, the other sleeve under, tie I a mean, knot in my chest. Hey, what's alpha today will be in vogue in a few years. You'll be setting uh, a trend. I damn right. Damn right. The students make fun of me every day for the fact that my ankles are showing. Ah, see, you can't be doing that. Can't be doing I, that. I have you ankle need the showing. high, the high socks, the calves. I'm not, I'm not, I, I remind them, I go, my calves are way too big. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's to why. wear high socks. It looks weird. Um, like what, whatever, it's my style. It's okay. Jealousy is a strange feeling. I'll say yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But now, yeah. now I want to be respectful of your time, but I got to get the last question in because, yeah, yeah. uh, it, I've started doing this and it's going really well. So All this right. one, it, uh, basically I asked the guest prior to you to leave a question for the future. Guest. Ah, somebody had suggested this to, uh, to us. I like yeah, it. Yeah. It's a diary. Of the CEO did it. And that's how okay. I found out. And I'm like, okay, okay. this is a great idea. All so right. this one comes from actually one of Aram's nutrition clients. So I'm already Chris, thinking, I don't want to come up with a question. Go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> what would you rather do? Would you rather come up with one first or answer this one first? Maybe we'll come up with one off air. Let's find out. Let's hear what the question That's is. See if anything That's props. Fair. That's fair. Okay. So <laughs> Krista Huber asked, what does a client need to do to practice detachment to outcomes? Is it innate or is it something that can be practiced? I think it's absolutely something that can be practiced. I don't think anybody just innately um, is like that. I don't know. Yeah. Is there anybody that's innately like we that? Because like, we were like, is it easier for dudes to just be like, ah, fuck it, <laughs> than it is no. for women? Or is it like just kind of a toss-up? There's no doubt that men struggle with this stuff in a very similar way that women do. They just don't talk about it as much, especially even teaching high school people, mm -hmm. uh, these high school guys that are all trying to get jacked and big and all that kind of stuff. It's cool to see a lot of kids starting to want to lift more because it's been a long time since I've seen a, an adult, a senior male who looks like an adult male. Thank God. <laughs> Compared to 20 Thank years God. ago. Well, they just all look weak and soft, most of them. So it's nice that they are starting to, uh, to get into it. So they, they, have all, they all have those same insecurities. They want it fast. They want it quick. They're always asking me about different supplements and peptides and things that they can get GNC and whatever. And they're looking at me and thinking something like, this is 30 years of lifting and like just taking my time. Like I was not big at all. And I, I don't even think I'm big now. But You're uh, telling teenagers to be patient? You crazy? It's, yeah. <laughs> and then we expect adults to be patient, but like, they've never <laughs> yeah. been patient. So it's... Uh, I don't know if there's something that I would say like outside of doing it and just recognizing maybe just going through like this mental exercise of like, let's say you got no visible results, no visible results from what you're doing. Do you think that there would be some under the hood results? Because even when you say results, it's like, hey, maybe you're not changing the mirror, but are you getting stronger? Let's just say we're not seeing any results, <laughs> how to separate it. <laughs> Would these actions be beneficial even if you did not get a visible result? Would going for a walk be beneficial for your heart, for your energy, for your sleep? Would lifting be beneficial for your future health and all that kind of stuff, even if you never lost a pound? 
And if people can understand, yeah, if they really buy into that, which is true, uh, then maybe they could not be so hung up on the result. And even if they don't get the result, what's the option to not do this stuff? Then you're guaranteeing no result. You know, it's like the, the bamboo analogy of it takes five years for the bamboo to break through the dirt. And you're the crazy guy out there watering this dirt patch for five years. No result, no result, no result, no result. You have no idea what's going on under the surface. And then finally that bamboo breaks through and then it grows like super fast once it's above the surface. Uh, I think if people can understand and trust, it's a trust issue. Trust that there is something happening under the hood. They just can't see it yet. There we go. That's a good one. Well, I will leave it on that. That is a mic drop right there. Oh, well, thank you. I had, to, I had to ramble around to find it. I just I talk out loud until I figure out what my brain's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I feel like those are the best answers, though, because you're like, I had no idea that was up there. So Yeah, you're processing it while it's going. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Yes. If you want it on air for the next person. Oh, yeah. You this builds the hype for the next one. Now everybody's going to wonder what the answer is. If you've had this question, let me know and... uh I'll come up with something else later. If you could only eat one animal for the rest of your life, what would you choose? That's a new one. It's an easy one. If you could only eat one animal for the rest of your life. I mean, I think it's pretty simple. It's a cow. You got so many freaking options that's, there. That's what I'm thinking. Right? But, Is that too uh, easy of a question? But It would suck to never have I, seafood. Yeah. From a health perspective, I might have to pick. But is it all seafood? Is that one category? Yeah, or, you you, or do we one. break it to shellfish, whitefish? I don't know. Mm. All right, and, if I think of something else, I'll ask. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like me especially, if I was limited to beef, I'd get so bored, my cholesterol would be through the roof because I'd be like, you know, <laughs> I can't do the loin all the time. Like yeah, I just yeah, can't. Yeah. If I could clump seafood all as one animal, then maybe I would go for seafood just from a health and perspective and variety uh, perspective but get your mediterranean diet on yeah that's one of the best things you can do out there you yep. know it's the only but, it's the only diet everybody agrees on is good for you yeah yeah literally yeah yeah, yeah. but i'm picky i don't like it <sighs> i had a thought about that i gotta start <laughs> writing down my thoughts like in the moment there was something about the picky thing when people say that and i had some rebuttal to it and now i can't remember it because i didn't write it down I'm getting old, uh, man. I'm gonna be 45 next man. month. 45. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I, I should probably not post that I feel old being 31 now. So you can feel however you want to feel. <laughs> I have been loving it. I'm loving I'm loving every year. Every year. It's just I think it's just a perspective thing. I, I I'm not living in the past with stuff. I'm not thinking about, oh, I used to be able to do this or that or whatever. Um, I love every year. It just keeps getting better, especially when you're taking care of yourself. It's just the reality. Yeah. You're taking care of yourself every year just keeps getting better and better and better. You got yeah. 15 years of crushing it before you get to 45. It's an awesome place to be. You're not <laughs> Absolutely. old. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Cannot it's wait. It's awesome. Because that's yeah. what it seems like, at least for from listening to guys like you and other people in the fitness industry too. It's like you got two types of people as you start to age up. The types that just kind of are slowly dying and yeah. even though they're like 30 years away from it, there's just one step closer. And then there's others that are leveling up as they go. Yeah. 
And I look at it all, this, this stuff should be enhancing your life. This is not my life. It should be enhancing my life. You know, it allows me to do things. Today in phys ed, I'm playing pickleball for an hour straight, just crushing kids, <laughs> crushing them. And I'm like, this is why you stay in shape, like yelling at the kids that aren't playing. And uh, it just feels good beating 18-year-olds. No, I'm just kidding. It just feels good <laughs> to be able to run around and do that kind of stuff. It feels good yeah. to be able to go on rides with my kid. Um, it feels good to be able to go shoot hoops with them and, and ski or go if I want to go rock climb and do that. It feels good to go ride around on a one-wheel with them on the boardwalk illegally while cops are chasing us. Um, <laughs> like Those are the things. Like It just enhances your life. To be able to wake up and feel good, that's the goal. I, I don't care if I'm shredded anymore or anything like that. It's, some people are going to think you look good. Some people are going to think you don't. Uh, is that what you're doing helping to enhance your life is so important to me. Yeah. See, there it is. Every time I say there's a mic drop moment, something else happens. And it's like, that's an even better <laughs> mic drop. But there are unlimited mics to toss on the show. <laughs> so I'm glad we kept going. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Sometimes oh, yeah. I just got to be stopped. I got to be unplugged. That's why we That's end okay. our episodes with just out of nowhere by, because we'll just keep going. <laughs> I remember the first one I listened to, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> We've done it every time since our first episode. We said, welcome back to the other side lifestyle podcast. And we've done it every one since. <laughs> and then the buy, he tried, he tried getting us away from the buy thing and ask a legit question. And it was too in depth. It got, we had to go back to buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like so, that though. I like that. Yeah. But you're not getting out of here without letting the people know where to find you. Cause I guarantee somebody's hearing this and they're like, damn, Jim has a lot of good stuff. I want to see his stuff. I appreciate it. Just simple on Instagram at Jimmy nutrition, uh, like Jimmy neutron, uh, at Jimmy nutrition. That's really the main place I'm at. We are, our podcast is on, uh, YouTube. If you search other side lifestyle podcast, we would greatly appreciate any kind of a subscribe over there. And yeah, that's it. Reach Good out on, on DM. I answer. I can immediately tell if you're real or fake. Uh, so <laughs> if you don't follow me and you're like, hey, quick question for you, uh, you're probably fake. Follow someone first if you're real and then ask them a question. Otherwise, we think you have a sales pitch. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and all of that will be in the show notes, guys. So don't worry. Just go down and click away. And before you do that, I know certain parts of this episode probably resonated a lot or you know that one person it's like shit they really need to hear this like my one friend my one family member if you had any point like that go and send this to them especially when jimmy was talking about the refrigerator tip i know i wrote that one down and i'm sending it to people so go ahead send it out there and until then go kick some ass i'll see you next time <laughs>